Hello, St. Philip Deacon friends. Pastor Tim Westermeyer with you again virtually. Uh, for this podcast, uh, we're going to do a little uh, question and answer. I hope this can be an ongoing uh, type of uh, back and forth. Uh, I would encourage you to send me questions to my email or to include questions in the comments below. I'm going to answer uh, three or four questions today that came in from people um, for this episode, beginning with uh, a question about Easter. Uh, I am recording this the week before Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, of course, is the start of Holy Week, um, which includes Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and then ultimately Easter Sunday. As we've communicated, we will not be able to celebrate Easter uh, together here at St. Philip Deacon in the sanctuary. We are going to conduct all of those services I just mentioned virtually. Um, so one answer to the question from Pam um, is that Easter Sunday, we will make it as big as we possibly can. We're going to have flowers in the sanctuary. We're going to have our usual uh, brass quintet, uh, timpani, our uh, vocal quartet, um, I guess I would say to all of you, though, to the degree the question is about how do we as families celebrate it at home since we can't gather, um, I'm assuming there'll be a lot of, again, sort of uh, virtual platforms where people and families can gather virtually. But I would really love to hear your ideas about how you're planning to do that given these changed circumstances. Uh, we can share that with other folks as well. So again, if you're willing to comment uh, below about your plans for celebrating this particular Easter, um, I'd love to hear those. So that's the first question. Second question uh, comes from Amanda. Uh, this is a question she says we often get from young people, maybe particularly uh, confirmation or high school age uh, people. Um, and it has to do with a broad question about uh, how, do, how does Christianity fit in with other religions? That's a big question and I'm not gonna be able to plumb the depths of it here. But let me just say one thing about that question, and that's this. I think we start from the wrong direction with that question, and we assume um, with Christianity that when, as Christians, we are saying, we're right, everyone else is wrong. I would prefer to start from a place where we acknowledge the similarities between all religions, most important of which is that we uh, understand that the world is bigger than the material world, and there is something we call God. Now, there are differences, of course, between Christianity and other religions, but beginning from that point of um, commonality, I think, goes a long way to continuing uh, to stay in relationship with our uh, brothers and sisters in other religions. And by the way, uh, other religions are a thing that have gone back all the way to biblical times. It's not as if that's a new phenomenon in the 21st century. So we as Christians have lived with that for a long time. And I would say that our love of neighbor, the Christian love of neighbor, uh, invites and encourages us to love all people no matter what their religion. And again, to start with a place of, of commonality rather than a place of difference. We can talk about that more in future episodes, but that's a very simple um, beginning answer to that question third question is sort of a related question. That's how does, and this comes by the way from Tim, not this Tim, but from another Tim. Um, and that is how does Lutheranism differ from other Christian traditions? Um, again, this is something we could spend more time on uh, in a future episode, but a short answer to that would include things like uh, Lutherans historically have had a, um, a deep understanding of what I will call the fallenness 
of humankind, of our sinfulness, um, and that's sinfulness with a capital S. Something is broken, something is wrong with the world, with our relationships with one another and with God. Uh, we also, as a result of that, have a huge emphasis on a theological term called grace, which is a way of saying we cannot extricate ourselves. We cannot save ourselves from that brokenness. We need God to save us. There's also a strong emphasis on the place of every single Christian to do God's work wherever they find themselves, in the workplace, in the community, in their family. That is the technical term for that is uh, we're all called. We all have a vocation to accomplish God's work. And um, maybe the last couple things. One is a high view of Scripture and always uh, understanding that Scripture comes to us in a native language. And then also a high understanding of the way the arts uh, inform our worship. We're a liturgical tradition um, and music particularly is a very important part of our tradition. And here at St. Philip the Deacon that is certainly the case as well. So that's a very simple, provisional, early answer or, or short answer to that question. Final question. This comes from Eric. It has to do with how do we square the seven days of creation in the Bible uh, with scientific understanding of the creation of the world? And uh, again, I guess like all of these questions I'm answering, this is a big one. And as I mentioned in a prior podcast, uh, the intersection of faith and science is a little bit of a, a soapbox for me. Uh, I would argue there is not, in fact, in fact, a conflict between faith and science, that we live in a culture that values science precisely because we are Christian. That is going to take some unpacking. I'll do that another time. But as it relates to the seven days of creation, I would say this. Um, I want to ask you all a question, and, and I'm going to ask you to pause uh, while you go get your Bibles and check it out. I want you to discover in the first and second chapters of Genesis um, what order God created the following uh, people or things. Man, animals, and woman. Pause the, the video for a moment. Uh, go check your Bibles. This is in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And I want you to write down on a piece of paper what that order is. Okay? Go. All right, I'm assuming you're back now. So this is a trick question. And spoiler alert, if you didn't go to your Bible, um, there is not one answer to that question. In the first chapter of Genesis, um, God creates animals first. And then together, God creates man and woman. In the second chapter of Genesis, the order is different. First he creates Adam, then he creates uh, animals, and then he creates Eve. Now why do I mention that? I mention it because whatever else you take away from those first two chapters of Genesis, given that those are two uh, stories that are not consonant with one another, I would argue you cannot look to Genesis for the answer, how did creation happen? It doesn't work. And again, that's not because of a philosopher or a theologian. It's because of the words of the Bible itself. Those stories tell us deep truths about who we are, where we come from, who our God is, but they don't answer the question, how? And because God gave us brains, God invites us to use the latest scientific methods and the latest scientific theories to understand how we came about. So again, short, provisional answer, but that's at least a starting point. Again, I would love to be able to continue to answer questions like this in future episodes. Please uh, comment below, send questions in, and uh, we'll take a look at those as we receive them. In the meantime, stay in touch, be safe, and God bless.